Well, Happy New Year. My name is Bill Stafiri. If I haven't met you yet, I'm, I'm the pastor here at Beach Point. And uh, I was thinking, I don't know how many of you, I, I know some of you were too young for this. I was thinking back as we think of, of 2016. I was thinking back to 1999, and we thought all of our computers were going to explode, and and uh, all these different things were going to happen. The world was going to end, and now, I, I, like it just, it's a blur. I realize like how long it's been, uh, because and and as Matt was kind of joking, you know, as you kind of each year you're kind of getting older and adjusting and things like that. Our dinner reservations for uh, New Year's Eve this year were at 4:30. Um, I might as I, I was like. Wow, I, that is like an absolute step down. Uh, we, we celebrated New Year's at like 9 o'clock, and then, you know, it was kind of like go to bed. Uh, but I, I'm curious, just by a show of hands, I, I, I didn't want anyone, you don't have to share, I didn't realize this gets into personal stuff, but how many of you have a New Year's resolution, okay? Uh, who has a New Year's uh, resolution? Just raise your hand, okay? Or a goal that you have for 2016, Uh, I thought this was a great definition of what a New Year's resolution is. It is a to-do list for the first week of January. And some of you feel that already. You're like, dang, day three. Like, all right. Well, hey, 2017 is going to be my year. I, uh, these were, I thought these were a couple funny. Where maybe some of you will already, uh, we, can, we can find some hope in this. These are two funny uh, uh, kind of jokes about New Year's Eve uh, uh, little pictures here. I love this one. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to go on a diet and stick to it. Wait, is that cake? Uh, some of you feel that. And then this is, this is me right here. This is a list of all my New Year's resolutions I actually think can happen. Right there, that nice blank slate there. Uh, I, one of the things that was, has been super helpful for me as I start thinking through, going through to like uh, the development of new habits or things like that. There was a book, uh, I don't know how many of you have read it, uh, called The Power of Habit uh, by Charles Duhigg. And it, uh, it is a great book. And, it, and if you want to kind of kind of see, like understand a little bit of what's going on in your head and, and uh, how certain habits stick and others don't, uh, it's a great book to read. But what was so interesting in this is what he talked about was called the keystone habit. And the keystone habit is the habit that creates the chain reaction. It is the, it's like the domino effect. It's the thing that if, if you can hold this one, you, you kind of figure out what this one habit is. And it seems to give life to the other healthy things. Uh, for example, maybe, for example, you, you want to get healthier and you have all these different things. You decide you're going to go jogging every morning. So you lay your shoes right next to your bed. So when you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and it's freezing cold, it's, you know, 60 here, right? And you're like, what are we going to do? Like, you don't want to get out of bed, but you see your shoes there. So you, you kind of, you put your shoes on, you go for that run, you come back, you've kind of got that, that high from doing that. But now all of a sudden there's a motivation, like now that I've done the run, I want to eat better. And you start seeing this cycle of, of discipline that kind of builds into other things. It's a very fascinating idea. Uh, but as you're walking through this, if you're thinking about all the different things that could improve next year, all the things you could start, uh, all the things that maybe this will be the year where I, I finally break through, of all the habits, of all the, the, the things that you could possibly do, why not consider your prayer life, your prayer life. And here's the interesting thing. I think for many of us, there's an expectation that if you're a Christian, you do prayer. Like prayer, prayer is something you love and something you enjoy and something you do well. The truth is, if you talk to Christians all the time, they'll tell you, gosh, if there's one thing that needs to improve, it's my prayer life. And it's an interesting thing because we, we struggle with it. The, you know, there's a simple thought of, well, isn't prayer just talking to God? 
You say, yeah, but I don't know what to talk about. And I don't know when we're done. And I don't know what, you know, and there's all these different things that go through your head. And so then what comes out of that is this cycle of guilt and shame and then avoidance. And so we find these gaps that come. And so there are some seasons where prayer just seems to click. There are other seasons where it just feels far off that every prayer seems to kind of hit the ceiling and bounce back. But more and more, when you walk into Scripture and you listen to Scripture invite us into prayerfulness, uh, the motivation isn't ever guilt and shame. It is always the invitation to something very dynamic, something that would be, that would, that would really revolutionize your life. And so uh, one of the things that I'm praying for, for us in, the, in this month and then these next few weeks, here's a goal I, I want you to know, just I'll share up front. Here's our goal for the next three weeks is that you would grow more con- uh, consistent and more confident in prayer. So by the end of this series, our people will pursue prayer with more consistency or more consistently and more confidently. My hope is that you will find that you are drawn to prayer more and more. And when you go to pray, you'll feel confident that this matters, that God is with you, that God is listening. Uh, that's my hope in these days. And so I, I can do, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to try to give you some teaching. But you're going to see as we come to the end of the, the message, I'm going to kind of lead you towards some habits and some activities that will hopefully reinforce these things. Now, the only way to know if you're improving is to rate yourself today. So you'll notice if you, if you got the note sheet, at the very top of the note sheet, you'll see there's two lines here. Now, this is, it's very important. Don't, don't score yourself based on the person next to you looking and, and checking out your score. I want you to be honest. How consistently do you feel you, in the last season of your life, and you can define that however you want to, uh, a day, a week, uh, uh, six months, a year, five years, In this last season of your life, how consistently have you pursued meeting with God through prayer? And then how confidently, uh, or what's your confidence in that time of prayer? Do you feel like when you pray, like, I feel like God and I connect. I feel like God's listening. So it's important that you do this. Then if you want, at the end of the sermon, just fold this up. Keep it in your Bible or keep it somewhere where you can see. Because after three weeks, I want you to look at this again and see if there's been any progress for you. Uh, But here's why this is so important. Jesus invited his followers to think about what prayer was, and he taught them how dynamic prayer could be for their lives. So that when Jesus began to, to share about prayer, that there was this way in which he was inviting them into something rather profound, something very, very special. So here's the big idea for today. This is our, our sermon in a sentence. It's kind of the one idea that I want you to see as we look at, at one of uh, Jesus' key teaching is that Jesus invites us into a more dynamic way of living by learning how to pray. Jesus invites us into a more dynamic way of living by learning how to pray. So I want you, what I want you to see today and what I hope you will hear today as you listen to his instructions is this. He's calling you in. It's kind of, it, I mean, it's such a perfect January 3rd message because what Jesus is saying is, hey, the whole world, the whole culture, your whole, everyone around you, everyone at the workplace, everyone you're around is thinking, how do I have a more dynamic life this next year? And they're signing up for gyms and they're setting up savings accounts. They're doing all kinds of great things. But what if I taught you how to pray? 
And I want you to listen to the things that he says, because if you listen to the things that he, he says, you'll realize he, wow, Jesus, you are inviting me into something pretty, pretty dynamic. See, if you think about last week, we were talking about priorities. And if you think about what we talked about last week, the whole idea was this, like it, whatever is your top priority is going to frame and shape everything else in your life. So if your career is the number one priority of your life, well, you may make a lot of money and you may climb the ladder and you may be uh, the envy of everyone in your industry, but... And we see the stories all the time. It may cost you your family. It may cost you your faith. It may cost you your integrity. There's a cost involved. There's, there's things. When, when careers, if a relationship is the very top priority, a human relationship is the very top priority of your list, uh, when that relationship is gone, your whole world crumbles. But if God, the eternal God, who holds all this together, he becomes your priority, his will becomes your priority, then you will see that everything else is being shaped by that, that it affects the kind of spouse you are and the kind of parent you are and the kind of friend you are, the kind of employee you are, the kind of owner you are. And so Jesus invites us in to see this. So I want to invite you into a passage. In the next three weeks, we're going to be in this, this passage, uh, 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 what's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew chapter 6. So if you turn to Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus is inviting us into this very dynamic life. And in three different times, and this, this is one of the most popular sermons, maybe the most popular sermon Jesus, Jesus ever gives. In this sermon, Jesus does this. He, he makes observations about the way people are doing life. He gives warnings about how they're doing it and where this will lead them. And then he speaks about a new way to go. Uh, he gives them advice as to a more dynamic way to live with God. And we want to look at that today. In fact, uh, what we'll see today, we're going to look at verses 5 to 8, and the next week, 9 to 13. And then the following week, chapter 7, uh, also has a passage. So three different times in this passage, we see uh, a unique way in which Jesus is inviting us to pray. So let's, let's look at this. Let's see uh, what the master teacher says about prayer. Let's see if maybe we've missed something about prayer. And there's a way of us moving forward in the days ahead. Jesus said this. He said, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners and, uh, to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, so let's stop there. We're going to look at two, two observations that Jesus makes. The first observation that he makes is this. He's looking, he's saying, look, I, I want you to pray. So he's saying, okay, now when you pray, I want you to do it differently like you see it. So the first observation, don't pray like the hypocrites. And what he's referring to is that these, there would be those who, uh, uh, he was speaking kind of to the, the, the life of piety of, uh, of the Jewish leaders, especially the Jewish leaders, but there was this life of, of these deeds that they would do. They would give their offerings, they would pray, they would fast, but they would do it in a way that was really to gain the attention and the applause of others. And so you can imagine, he says, don't pray like them because what they would do is they'd come. There were, there were these times of prayer, the morning, the afternoon, the evening, wonderful prayers to pray. 
So in the morning you would, you would pray, in the morning and the, in the day you would, you would pray the Shema, you would pray, you would remember that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you were to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. And I mean, a beautiful thing, just like we kind of did in there, kind of a prayer of intention of beginning the day and remembering, ah, oh, this is my life. This needs to be the focus of my life. Uh, there was a, another prayer that they pray. It was, uh, they would pray these 18 blessings. And you read these blessings and they're beautiful, beautiful words. So Jesus isn't concerned about their words or the, or the standing up in prayer. What he was concerned about, and this is where some of us struggle, because when we go to pray, we watch people pray and we go, I can never pray like that. Because these guys would come and they'd stand on a corner and they'd be in this kind of public place and they'd raise their arms and they'd start praying these prayers. But it's almost like it, while their eyes are open, they're kind of squinting out the side, kind of looking to see who's watching. And Jesus is saying, look, don't, don't pray for the applause of people. Don't pray for the applause of people. Don't worry about what other people think you sound like. And he begins to kind of warn them that. He says, in essence, he's telling them, that the problem is simply this. You, you, those people, they, they have, they've lost the intent. They, they, they're getting their reward. They're, but the problem is they're chasing the wrong reward. They, they, the reward they want is the attention of others. But I want you to know that's not what prayer is about. They got the good they wanted, one scholar says, but what they wanted was not good. So here's the first thing for us to think about. And this will help you build consistency. Have faith that God is looking forward to meeting with you in prayer. See, prayer is the continuation of a conversation in which God himself began with you. So he breathed life in you. And and, and through that breath, it was, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. He drew you to himself by his Holy Spirit. So God is always, this is the gospel, God is always calling us to himself. He's the one who's begun this conversation. And what Jesus is trying to show is, look, these guys, they don't know, they're they're just reciting words, they're standing in front, they think there's some kind of, there's there's something magic in that, and that's just not what it is. But notice what he's calling them into. Instead, he says, look, here's what hypocrites do. They blow trumpets, they draw attention to themselves, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, go in your room, shut the door and be alone. And here's what you'll find is that God is there waiting for you. He's been waiting for you and he wants to connect with you. He, he values this. He wants that. And he says, look, if you'll just go and get and be alone with him, what you will find is you will find that he will reward you in that time. See, the, the beginning of this, the, the consistency comes when we change the idea and, and realize that God is the audience we want to have in mind. Uh, sometimes you, you sense this. There's, uh, I, I grew up here in this church, and it was interesting. I would learn about prayer through some great people. And one of the things, and maybe some of you have experienced, there are some people that just seem to kind of get it. Because someone asks them to pray, maybe it's in a small group, maybe it's for a meal or whatever it is. And and so you're like, let's go and, and the, let's pray. And all of a sudden it's like dead silent, right? And then it's awkward silent. And, and you're wondering, does she know she's, they asked her to pray? And you're waiting and you're waiting. And then you realize something that this person, it's almost like symbolic of this passage. This person has gone in the room, shut the door, quieted herself. And she's just waiting to say, now, I know I'm, I'm with God. And now the prayer 
begins. And, and you almost like, whoa, I feel like I'm in on a private conversation. But there's, there, it's something so different, isn't it? That there's this sense of connection that's there. There's this, where you look at it and go, wow, that was, that's, that's how you pray. It wasn't the magic of their words. It was something different. It was about that connection. I, 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 I think for us, what we realize is this, is that you and I, we need a time and a place to pray. We need a place. We need a time to pray. So when we start thinking of this, many of us are, have this multitasking mentality, don't we? So I, I've had lots of conversations, and I'm with you, that for a lot of us, prayer is, well, I pray on my commute to work, and I, or I pray as I'm kind of going between meetings, and I do this. And, and prayer is a part of, like, conversation with God. Can you pray that way? Of course you can. But you and I know that what happens when that's our prayer life, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of stuff going on, but, but there's a connection that's missing. My wife and I, um, last Sunday, after service, uh, the last service on Sunday, we took off for, for three days, just her and I. And, and what happened was this. The month of December, uh, we, were, we, we were talking to each other all the time. The problem was, it was like, are you picking up the kids or am I picking up the kids? What's for dinner? Okay, the whole, it was a month, just a flurry of activity. Just, uh, we talked a ton. We were tired of each other as far as that kind of connection. But we could get to the end of the month and go, I have not connected with you in 30 days. Like, I have not, like, we have not been connected in a month. Like, call grandma. We're going away. We're shutting the door. Let's just be together. And we had these great dinners and great conversations. And, and you get that, right? You can have all this kind of talking going. And this is, unfortunately, our prayer lives look like this sometimes. Where it's just all this activity going on. It's just kind of rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing. But there's never this moment where we stop and we shut the door and we calm ourselves and we go, it's nice just to be with you. One of the things I I think about, I, I, I think for us, for consistency, is if we can learn to focus in on God, and you can learn that God is waiting for you and God wants this time. It, it will drive you to this time. You'll want this time. Not just once a day, multiple times a day. I think of every, uh, every wedding when I'm, when I'm doing the rehearsal, I, I, I say to the groom, and I've shared this with some of you, that I share with the groom, I say, look, there's going to be a moment of connection here that if you screw this up, you're going you're gonna to ruin one of the best moments of your life. Okay, so they're standing right here and I tell them, look, here's what's going to happen everyone's coming in processional and you can be like high-fiving your groomsmen and doing whatever and all that kind of stuff. But when the last flower girl comes in, you are, you are laser focused for that, to those doors or to that aisle. I, I, there's a great picture of my uh, nephew here. He was, he was just like stone-faced. Like I'm the, I'm the, he was just like, I'm going to be so tough. Like I'm not going to cry. But, he had, but what happened was that moment came, and then that moment came. And this is what happens. That moment comes, and then here's the next bit, right? You lose it, right? That's the strongest guy, the toughest guy. I mean, I've had professional volleyball players, you know, like, uh, like the, they're, they're professional. Like, they're just, their tears are flowing down. I mean, and some of you remember that, right? I mean, this is the moment. Like, you tell the bride, like, when that door opens or you turn that corner, tell that blasted photographer to get out out of the way. Like you can get a pose picture later. What you need is that moment of connection. And you guys know that because some of you can still see that moment in your mind. That moment of connection, it is so deep and so powerful that you just think, ah, if I could just have that again and again. 
And this is what Jesus is saying can happen. He says, look, if you can learn to shut it all out and focus in on that moment and realize, oh, wow, the God of the universe was waiting for me. The God of the universe was calling to me. He says, look, don't pray this way. Uh, Shut the door. Go alone. Then he says this. He says, don't pray like the pagans. How do they pray? He says uh, they're repetitious, this repetitious effort. They're just chanting these things again and again. Why did the, the pagans were the non-Jews. They were the Gentiles. They were the people. And they, 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 what they would do is they'd have these kind of chants and these prayers and things that they would say again and again and again. Like all the, and, the, and the hope was that their, one of their gods would awake and one of their gods would turn their attention and give their attention. In fact, if you, you know the story of Elijah, Elijah was a prophet for Israel and there came this kind of moment where, where there was kind of a showdown between these, these prophets of Baal and the, the prophet Elijah. And the prophets of Baal, 1 Kings 18, it says, they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Think about this, from morning to noon. Baal, answer us. Baal, answer us. Baal, and they shouted and they danced. They went around the altar. Hours and hours and hours went by and no one answered. In fact, the story is so, it's actually kind of funny because Elijah the prophet kind of starts to make fun of him. He says, maybe you need to pray louder. Maybe your God is busy or going to the bathroom or on vacation. And I mean, it's, there's like comedy in this passage because he's saying, you guys just keep chanting this thing over and over again, hoping your God will wake up and pay attention to you. And Jesus says, look, don't pray like them. Don't pray like saying all these things or hoping that somehow you can get God's attention. They pray hoping to manipulate a God. They hope that in some ways that they just kind of keep piling on name after name or whatever it is. If, they're, if they're, they pray hard enough or loud enough, long enough, they find the right words, then maybe a God will listen to them. He says, man, if that's how you're approaching prayer, you've missed it. So here's the second thing to write down. He says this, have faith that God is paying attention to your life. Have faith that God is paying attention to your life. You want to build confidence in approaching God in prayer? Then know this, he says, know that God is paying attention, that he knows before you even ask him. So imagine, that. think of the contrast with Jesus is trying to create. These guys are praying, hoping that God will wake up and hoping they'll turn their attention. He's saying, that's not what God's like at all. God, God's been watching your life. He knows what you're going through. He knows even before you're, you come to that point of, of praying it. Now, some of us say, well, then why pray? If he already knows what I'm going to pray about. Jesus says, no, no, that's why you pray. Because you see how different God is? He's been waiting for you to come to these things. When you say, Lord, you know how I'm struggling. This job, man, it is awful. And he says, I know it is awful. We got to find you another job. He's been, he's, Jesus' point is this. Do you realize that your God pays attention to you? Your heavenly father pays attention to your life. He knows what's going on. So that when you come in prayer, he, he knows these things. I love that we can talk about this on, on a day like this. After we've come out of a season at Christmas time, we remember that God is, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Jesus is, is God with us. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24 says this, Before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. 
And Jesus is saying, I want you to have confidence. I want, you to, I want you to go to prayer because when you go to prayer, I want you to just have confidence that God knows what's going on. And he's looking forward to the things that you will talk about together. So what do we do? How can we grow in consistency and confidence if these things are true? How can these things help us in the next uh, month? I want to invite you to three habits. Three habits during this month or three practices. Really, there's a fourth. I I, I want to encourage you to memorize the Lord's Prayer. We'll look at that next week. It's a super helpful passage of Scripture to have memorized. But here's the first thing I want to encourage you to do. And that is this, to begin a personal prayer experience. Begin a personal prayer experience. As you leave today... You're going to receive this little uh, booklet. It's, it's for this next week. It's to give you seven days of guidance. Now, some of you might have a very good routine. If, that's, if you do, then great. Uh, you can, you're welcome to join us. But some of you, this is going to be a super helpful tool. Focus on two things. The beginning of your day, similar to kind of what Matt did there, uh, where he led us, similar to, to having our hearts kind of aligned to God at the very beginning of the day. Now, I know it would be great to have Matt show up and drink a cup of coffee in your kitchen and Alicia could sing that song in the morning in your house. It's just not going to happen that way. So figure out a way that your day can begin with God. Where, and this will guide you a little bit where your, your heart can get aligned with him. And, and what you begin to see as, you, as your life and your will becomes aligned with his, that you see things different and you experience things different. Then at the end of the day, you have an opportunity to, to again, before kind of the day ends, to pray, thinking through your day and noticing the way that God was in your day. And there's ways that you can be thankful and there's ways you can say, wow, I missed that. I had, you gave me a great opportunity to serve you there and I missed it. And there's confession and there's a sense of, okay, I want tomorrow to be, I I, I don't want to miss that tomorrow. And there's this great sense where our hearts are becoming aligned, where we're we're, we're drawn in and there's this focus. This can be that keystone habit for you that all of a sudden you notice other things are kind of falling in place because the right keystone habit is getting developed. So I want to, one, encourage you to begin this prayer experience. If you miss a day, if you forget a day, don't give up. Just pick it up the next day. Okay, and let God begin to work in you. Here's the second thing. This is the hardest one of all of them. The second thing is, I want you to practice praying together every night with your community. Okay, now I put with your community in parentheses because I realize you ha- we have all kinds of kind of groupings here. We, uh, we are a family of families. And so uh, we, we are put together in all kinds of mix and match ways. Uh, So let me give you some ways to think about this. Wouldn't you say this? Don't you agree that your friendships would go to a different level if you could go beyond just saying, oh, that sounds terrible, I'll pray for you, to let's, let's actually pray as friends together. Let's actually have as a component to our friendship we would pray together. We, we've already learned that the, the words don't matter as far as like performing for each other. If we could settle our hearts and draw into God and say, Lord, I, I want to pray for my friend. This, I, I have some deep, deep friendships and we were able to say, look, there, there's so many great things about our friendships. The one thing that's missing though is we just never pray for each other. And we've decided this year will be different. And so it takes someone to, to kind of say, hey, are we going to do this or not? What about your marriage? What if at the end of each day, you actually prayed out loud with each other? 
Do you think your marriage might be different over time? If, again, take away performance, just that subtle sense of where we, would be, we would not end our day without seeking God together. Your parenting. On and on, I realize this. I, I, I know this sounds super awkward. Man, this is the part that scares me the most on this whole thing. I can do my alone time and I can do kind of all these other big church things. But boy, sitting with my wife and sitting with my friends, and do, some of this stuff really scares me. But let me tell you, this is, the, this is the words that helped me the most. It came from a, a wife of a pastor um, named Kathy Keller. She said this. She said, imagine you were diagnosed with such a lethal condition that the doctor told you that you would die within hours unless you took a particular medicine, a pill every night before going to sleep. Imagine that you were told that you could never miss it or you would die. Would you forget Would you not get around to it some nights? No, it would be so crucial that you wouldn't forget. You would never miss. Well, if we don't pray together to God, we're not going to make it because of all we're facing. I'm certainly not. We have to pray. We can't just let it slip our minds. I realize this is a very bold thing to ask of you, uh, but I want to challenge you. Let's move in this together. So spouses, look at each other. You're going to pray together tonight. Tonight. You're going to pray together and it's going to be awkward. Okay? But just like other things in your marriage that began awkward with more practice, you will get better at it. (laughs) Teens, kids living at home. You're going to go to your parents' You're going to say, hey, can we pray together before the night ends? Friends, when you hang out, before you just all drive off together, you're going to pray together. If you're not in a group, I want to encourage you to get in a life group. They're going to have sign-ups today. We have new groups starting uh, at the end of this month. If you haven't found a group, you haven't found a place into the life of Beach Point, I want to just encourage you to find uh, a group. And some some of you, I'm in transition finding a new group. Uh, if, you, if you're in transition, it's time for, to, to get back in a group. I encourage you to find a group. But find some people that you can pray with. That you don't do this life alone. We're going to pray together. And you're welcome. You can ask me, Bill, how are you doing? How is it going for you and Kim? And I'll go, eh, it's, it, we're getting better. But we're going to pray together. Here's the last thing. I want to encourage you to sign up for a week of prayer. That doesn't mean you're going to pray for a week, but we're going to have a whole week in our church, broken up in one-hour segments, that we're going to invite someone or life group, couples, families, to take an hour, and we're going to set up a prayer room, and, and, and we're going to guide you for one hour to pray for our church and what's next for the, the, the next season of our church. I, I, I just have to ask this of you. I, I can't do this by myself, and I don't think you want me to or expect me to. We have to pray. We have to pray for what it is that God is doing in us and through us in this community and and in this world. And if you don't think big things are happening, I just would encourage you to look again. God is doing some very unique things in in your lives. And and, and he's about to do, I think, even bigger things in some of your lives. And and you need to get ready for it. And we need to be praying for you together in it. We just sent off a couple uh, to go live in Papua New Guinea for the next, you know, however many years. That was not their plan or intention. God kind of interrupted their life in a very good way. We have another couple that's getting ready to move to the Middle East. 
uh, God has a calling on them. That was not his plan. Uh, but God is doing this kind of unique thing. And so when I see little things like that, when I see this unique moment in our history, what God's doing, we planted a church, a brand new church. It's a baby church and it's just getting started. We need to pray. We need to pray for what God's doing. Amazing things that God's doing. Uh, over at Huntington Beach. We need to pray. And I need you to, all of us together, to be praying for these things. There are great things that God wants to do here on our Fountain Valley campus. And so as you leave, you'll see on this, uh, the screen that's in the lobby on this side, there's a place that you can sign up. You can actually even get the link and you can just do it from your phone or you can sign up right there. But check your calendar. Uh, the 17th through the 23rd, we're going to have as a time to pray together. And I want to encourage you to do that. And so we want to pray. There's nothing more important in your life than your own relationship with God, not your job, not your family. Everything, everything flows from your relationship with God. So let's pray for that right now. Lord, It's evident to us from this small glimpse. And we realize we're only starting to look at some of your teachings, but even from this small glimpse, Jesus, it's it's evident that you know that there's something very special for us to experience through prayer. Uh, We think of the, the nights that you would be drawn away to connect with the Father in heaven. And I think most of us just think, I don't know how, how you could do that for so long. And Lord, we, we just confess we need your help. We need strength. We want to grow uh, in prayer. We want to be more consistent. We want to be more confident. We pray that some of these, these habits would help that. But what we don't want to miss is what you don't want us to miss. Uh, what we don't want to miss is this life uh, with you, this life that we can have with God, this, this, this relationship uh, that seems so unlikely, uh, but it's just a testament again to your amazing grace. And so help us even in these last moments of this service, just may our confidence grow. May our desire grow. We pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.